Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Football Podcast. Our thanks as ever to Rehoy and Son for their support of the show. Um, coming up this week, we'll look back at what's gone on over the weekend. A uh, fantastic win for Guernsey FC at Foots Lane. Um, they're on a bit of a roll down there for sure. And talk about uh, what's been going on in the Stranger Cup as well. Uh, with me to do uh, that is Gareth Prevo. Hi, Tony. And James Fallot. Hi, Tony. Hey, guys. Let's start with Guernsey FC. Simon Delarue is here for this uh, section. Uh, and a- another enjoyable weekend, Del. You're on commentary duties once again. Three wins in a row now for the Green Lines at Foots Lane. Yeah, did you uh, did you enjoy it as much as the scoreline suggests? Yeah, absolutely, I did. And uh, yeah, I could get used to this uh, winning feeling. I mean, obviously, uh, uh, Guernsey haven't been able to uh, win the last couple of games away. But um, yeah, three home wins. Uh, is uh, yeah something certainly to celebrate, and um, it certainly looked pretty positive in the first half. Uh, not only did Guernsey score the first goal of the game, but uh, they also saw their opposition Thatcham uh, reduced to ten men. So they went in at the interval. Obviously, yeah, everybody was feeling that they'd uh, they'd have to throw it away from here. Although you know, part of, in the back of my mind, I was thinking, well, we've seen that a few times before, so don't count any chickens. Uh, but the the opening goal was great with the work on the right wing by Ross Allen to uh, absolutely fox the defender. Just just left him. Um, stranded and uh, you know I didn't actually see the the look on the face of the defender but I'm sure he was looking very confused uh, by the time Ross uh, banged that uh, cross in at pace and it was emphatically put away by Matt Loring who of course goes on to be the uh, the second top scorer for Guernsey FC now. He's only got Ross to catch, uh, which might take him a little while, although the rate is going, you never know. Um, so, yeah, that obviously a great afternoon for Matt Loring. Um, and so that really uh, gave everyone a lot of buoyancy. Um, but it, uh, with Guernsey not taking advantage of their superiority in the second half, I mean, they nearly scored within a few seconds of the uh, second and half getting underway, but um, they, you know, they were huffing and puffing a bit. Uh, for Guernsey to have their own players sent off uh, with Dave Merris uh, a second yellow and then um, then conceding about a minute later then it looked it did look like there was a distinct possibility that they'd have to settle for a draw I, w- I was still hanging on to the hope that Guernsey would cling on for a draw but uh, they didn't need to worry about that because uh, two goals in uh, rapid succession with about 10 minutes to go from uh, Ross Allen header and then um, finally of course the uh, that, that runaway goal from Charlton Govine, who knocked it forward, I thought, for um, Brandon Wallace. And I think everybody else, including the, all the defenders and the keeper, thought that it was a ball for Brandon Wallace. The uh, the linesman sensibly kept his flag down because it hadn't reached him yet. And uh, Govine caught them all off guard and raced forward to his own forward pass and beat the keeper to it and slotted it under him. So 3-1. Um, yeah, three points. Excellent. Yeah, always nice to assist yourself, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. um, uh, it, it, well, it sounds like sort of echoes of the previous uh, win at Fitzsane as well, then, with uh, with a sort of a real late flurry kind of changing the dynamic of the day. Well, yeah, against um, was this Uncommon Rogue, yeah. they, they were two all all of a sudden with sort of five minutes to go, and then two minutes later they were leading by two again. But yeah, it was it had very much that sort of case of deja vu. Um, those last two goals were sort of like quite typical GFC in in their own way. Certainly the the Ross Allen goal with Jamie Dodd's long throw, I mean, is something I sort of asked Tony Vance afterwards because this came sort of so quickly after going down to 10 men. It was all happening, all in sort of a bit of a flourish. And 
Yeah, J- Jamie Dodd sort of glanced over to to the bench to see if if he should go and take this long throw. You know, he didn't want to leave sort of like a lack of defenders at the back. <laughs> and uh, the raging at the mo- at that time, Tony Van basically <laughs> told him, "Yes, go and take it. We want a goal." And um, I mean, Doddy's throw was right on the money as always. It's a, such a weapon they've got. And uh, Charlton Govine, I mean, we we give him a lot of credit for his for his footwork and just his ability. But he wins so many of those headers. I mean, he won a lot of headers sort of in defensive uh, duties on the mm-hmm. Saturday. But uh, he rose to win that header. And you know, I mean, of all, of all people, you you just imagine Ross Allen's going to be at the far post to, to tap it in, and there he was basically. Um, and yeah, like like Dell says for the for the third goal, it, it, I just found it quite comical because literally the Thatcham down defence all had their arms up. They were just so preoccupied with what Brandon Wallace was doing. Um, they sort of let him run offside, thinking, "Oh, we've done our job here." And sort of Charlton just looked round, thinking, "Well, I'm not offside." So he, he just sort of walked through and was left on his own to beat the keeper, which he did with a plum. So it was it was quite a it was a really funny finish. Uh, it's a shame, obviously, that GFC will be missing Dave Maris now for. For a game, I take it it's just one game suspension. It was two yellow cards. The second one was, it was very unfortunate. It was one of those, it, it was a yellow card, but it was because he was un, uh, sort of sold a bit short by a pass back to him. And he committed to sort of trying to win the ball. The opposition player just got there ahead of him. And in doing so, he, he got taken out. So um, it, it was sort of like you, you couldn't really argue with that decision. But yeah, it was. I actually thought GFC in the second half played better with 10 than they did with 11. When, they, when it was 11 against 10, they they weren't quite sure whether to stick or twist, really. They were sort of like, well, we're winning. Do we hold on to what we've got? And to be fair to Thatcham, I don't think they looked any worse for going down to 10. They were probably a bit, bit, bit better, to be honest. And uh, they, they certainly deserved to get back on level terms when they did. GFC having been the better side in the first half. It was, yeah. it was quite a, a strange scenario, that one. I thought Thatcham looked especially good after they equalised. I mean, for the, for the next few minutes after that, they looked... Uh, absolutely on fire but it did make me wonder afterwards uh, where was that earlier on you know because in the first half Guernsey uh, showed a lot of really good footwork good movement great passing I thought you know you could run through loads of different examples of players who who really turned up like uh, Hainsworth I thought in particular and 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 Woolbridge and uh, but Alan and and, I could run through the team couldn't I (laughs) (laughs) but um, you know they were were just playing really well they were so much the better team they really deserved uh, more than a goal lead but with Mm. the man advantage you thought Oh well, you know things are fairly safe, but you know with with Guernsey, there's obviously uh, quite often a bit of extra drama thrown in, isn't it? They yeah. love doing that to us, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, and that drama certainly uh, reached the bench, didn't it? Uh, as uh, Gareth alluded to before, yeah, Tony Vance um, going through the roller coaster emotions. There, um, here's what he had to say to you at full time. Nice habit you're developing of scoring late at home, isn't it? Yeah, we nearly threw that one away, didn't we? I was I was raging with seven minutes to go and delighted. Uh, Four minutes later, um, yeah, we. I mean, first half I thought we were brilliant. Um, you know, it, they looked dangerous from set pieces, uh, but um, you know, I thought apart from the sort of final pass, if you like, the final execution. Um, if we'd have had that, I think we'd have probably been three up. Uh, so it was good play, um, one nil. You know, ten men. It's, you know, everyone gets excited when it's like that, but it's, it's often the worst <laughs> um, for some known reason and never understand it but um, we were just really nervous we um, we didn't put them to bed we had a couple of chances again and, and they always looked like you know they were going to be dangerous and um, obviously Mez got sent off which then you think this has gone this um, so I was proper sulking at that point 
was going to say. But you have someone set off and concede literally within probably about 30 seconds. You must be thinking, well, that, this could be three points gone, let alone two. Yeah, and, and they probably looked like they were the ones who were going to go ahead. And, um, you know, they got, obviously got excited about it and, would, you know, got some energy. And then, um, luckily, our long throw came into play. Um, I think it was solid. Oh, well, Charlton won the header, I think. I'm not sure. But great, great flick on. And, um, yeah, I was well chuffed when that went in um, because... Yeah, I thought we'd throw it. As I said, I thought we'd throw it away. And and uh, it was so important to get three points today um, with what we've got coming up. Um, but, um, you know, sometimes you, you, you deserve some luck. And I think I think no one can argue that we don't deserve a bit of luck. We were actually telling Doddy to go and do the long throw. Because, yeah. I mean, that was one, usually he goes straight up for it. And he almost looked a bit hesitant just whether you wanted him to do it. Yeah, I think he was still angry, to be honest. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, what a weapon, eh? And, um, you know, he threw it like it was just so flat and powerful. He was just he was just asking to be flicked on. Um, I think if Fall had been here, he'd have been jumping up and down for that one. But, um, but yeah, no, um, yeah, we needed to find something. So um, And we know that we can score from those long throws. So, um, yeah, I was screaming at Doddy to go and take it. <laughs> and, I mean, it's one of those things now, but you're... The Loring Allen go line sort of scorers, your big players are going up in, in big moments, aren't they? Yeah, that's what you need. And, um, you know, when, when we, we've got what we've got, you know, we've been some you know, great youngsters coming through who've experienced, uh, you know, an interesting campaign for them. Um, you need your big players and even Doddy at the back there. But um, Charles, you know, the best player in the league. And, uh, and Ross is, in my opinion, the best striker. So um, we're lucky we've got them. Um, and Matt Lauren has just been absolutely phenomenal this year. Um, you know, I mean, I'll, I don't want to sort of uh, go and kill his season, but just give him the player of the year trophy now, to be honest. But um, yeah, he's been outstanding. And you did mention the young players. Uh, ben Sol was excellent today, coming in probably late notice with Tom Bodum in Hill. Yeah, he did really, really well. Um, spoke to him, sort of Miki yesterday afternoon, and asked him if he if he could avoid playing him because without Tom Dodds. Um, Suspended, Vogue is ill, and um, Niall is struggling. And uh, you know, I think we've lost him now as well. So, um, so it's important. And Solly's been training. He, he got his chance and did really, really well. You said all these people struggling. Unfortunately, you've got a game Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I really don't want to think about it quite yet. Not really, but I mean, um, I'll probably try and enjoy three points here. Um, it's, we're not out of the woods, you know. You know, we've got another. I think we're on 20 points now and I think we need another another 20 and then I'll um, I'll relax and think about the uh, the summer. Tony Vance uh, speaking to you uh, after that one, Gareth. Um, just a word on, the, well, some of the players who featured on Saturday, um, a couple of new, relatively new faces still to the GFC setup and at a first start for Ben Solway. Um, how did he get on? Uh, he was excellent, to be fair to him. I mean, I've, I've seen Ben quite a lot, obviously, with the under-18s when he was part of that Stranger Cup-winning side. And for St. Martins over the last couple of years, he 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 looks like he sort of... He always looked like he was capable of stepping up that level. But considering that was like his, his first home start, um, coming in sort of relatively late in notice for Tom Voden, who was unfortunately ill, I thought he was outstanding. He was, his really sort of mature performance for someone of his age. And I, think, I, I must have a word for Jamie Dodd. I just think... Having Jamie Dodd next to a, a, a sort of a fresh new defender must be such a comfort for them because he'll he'll just guide you through. I mean, Doddy's such a 
um, not wanting to sound disparaging, he's such an old pro in these things. You know, he he knows exactly what's needed and he knows how to how to um, help those next to him. And yeah, I thought Solway was excellent and as was Jamie next to him. Yeah, great stuff. Um, as for GFC then, uh, up to 18th, uh, 20 points, eight points clear of um, the bottom two of Corinthian Casuals who are um, yeah, second from bottom. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely starting to really look up. It's one of these it's sort of funny things that... Um, obviously, we've got this great home record. There's been a lot of away games recently. Um, you sort of you kind of want GFC to win when they're away from home so because otherwise it's very de- demoralizing I imagine for the players uh but you also I mean you, you want them to win home and away um but it's quite nice that they're winning at home after what was quite a slow start for it's then otherwise you risk kind of demoralizing the fans yeah well, and there's also the factor of uh bringing the punters in you know yeah. giving a, a good feel about foot's lanes so that uh, I know I'm not saying that uh Guernsey fans are sort of fly by nights but you know if you've seen a, a victory then uh the the joy and excitement of that is is just going to make you that bit more uh, willing to forego whatever else he might have planned on a Saturday to yeah. head along uh, and see a game. So they've been, uh, it was just under 700 for this latest one. So uh, they're bringing people in and it's, uh, yeah, it's really entertaining. Yeah. And I, I, I've got to say, I, I was impressed with uh, Jacques Coven playing his, um, his uh, first game at home for Guernsey FC. Just, you know, a, a, another player who uh, didn't look out of place. Um, okay. He didn't, he didn't have a, a huge amount of time to sort of stamp any kind of authority on the game, but, he, he didn't put a foot wrong. He was he was uh, involved in some good moves down uh, Guernsey's right, uh, right towards the end there. And um, yeah, you know the more of these players that get some minutes in games, uh, the better. And I think he, he was brought on, I think, probably because Guernsey had found themselves a two goal advantage, and it was a, a seen as too good an opportunity to miss. I imagine, yeah, uh, to bring him on. But um, yeah, just um, uh, very promising. Yeah, really encouraging to see. Um, uh, great result. Uh, they are back home uh, pretty regularly over the next few weeks, aren't they? But certainly more more home games in a way. And back uh, at Footsale on Wednesday night, 7.45 kickoff against Rains Park Vale, the Aurini Derby, or I don't know what we can call this match now, but um, yeah, uh, that'll, be a, that'll be a tasty one, I'm sure. They've dropped off slightly since the, uh, the, the, the game was, uh, well, since they travelled. Um, whenever it was before Christmas. Yeah, they're just clinging on to that playoff place, aren't they, at the moment? Uh, they were talking about a title challenge yeah. when uh, their manager spoke to me in the doghouse um, <laughs> after the after the called-off game. So it will be interesting to see what the atmosphere is like in that one, but um, yeah, I'm sure it'll be uh, a good contest. So uh, yeah, we'll have coverage of that uh, in the paper, of course, throughout the week. And well, in fact, there's back-to-back Wednesday games, aren't there? Because there's one next week as well. So uh, yeah, lots to look forward to it. Fitz Lane, thanks very much, Del. We'll catch you soon. All right, thanks. Thanks to Dell for coming in to chat about that one. Um, right, let's turn our attention to the Stranger Cup chaps. Uh, quick look at what happened there over the weekend. And well, really the, the game of the weekend, um, all things told, came at the uh, KG5 on the 3G where it finished. Bells 4, under-18s 4. Who wants to talk us through that one? Well, I mean, I didn't see any of this game, but I went to basketball on Friday night. And uh, as I left home uh, to, to head off... Uh, um, GFA 3 0 up, and I thought, yeah, that seems to be going as, as one might expect. That's going to be a fairly routine uh, result. Then I bumped into Andrew Lepevin, our photographer for the evening. Um, I put both Sajor on the balcony. I said, 
Andrew, he's, um, anyway, he's been down the football. So I said, oh, yeah. And he said, yeah, you know, comprehensive. Uh, the uh, Under 18s are all over him. I said, it's now 3 3, Andrew. You're joking. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, that's a bit of a, you know, that game was a bit of a turnaround. And then, of course, it went 3 4 and then 4 all. So that was definitely uh, the one we shouldn't have missed. But uh, you know, we had uh, Caden Tyler for there reporting on it. So that's in uh, Tuesday's, uh, that match report is in Tuesday's paper. Yeah, do you pick up? Uh, pick up a copy um to read how it went um yeah definitely uh definitely all action down there and uh yeah good result well good sort of salvage operation for bells in the end there and um uh, they're back in action on tuesday night do you think it could be a, a bit of a turning point for them this season i know mean, the problem i mean bells have still got an awful lot of games to play but you know it, that is going to be really challenging trying to squeeze 12 or no what have they got uh 15 league games into a spell of about 15 weeks, I guess, or even perhaps slightly less. Um, all you need is a couple of bad injuries there and then suddenly the squad will be really struggling. I mean, uh, Christopher has said again in tomorrow's paper that, you know, his squad's actually building up and he's got a lot of people back fit and that kind of stuff. And I guess, you know, if they can get a full squad out, you know, they've got numbers, Bells, they can put something together. But they had been going through a bit of a sticky time um, up until they stopped playing. So, uh, you know, the, the, yeah, the, yeah the, they've got... A fair bit to play for, but realistically, it's only uh, cups and, and bottom half of the table, isn't it? Yeah. Elsewhere in the Stranger, on Friday night, Saints beat Rangers 2-1. And in the games on Saturday, uh, Rec beat North 2-1. And there was a 1-0 win for Rovers at Sylvans. And where, where does that leave things, Gareth? Well, uh, St. Martins and Rovers are now two from two. So they're actually both through to the um, semi-finals already. They're, they're um, topping their respective groups. But... Um, the other two semi-final places are still up for grabs. The Ireland under-18s are obviously going to be favourites to progress from um, Group A, along with Saints. Um, but uh, those two sides actually play each other on, on Friday night. Um, if the Ireland under-18s lose that one, um, Bells can still um, get past, uh, overtake them, um, but it would take quite a big swing of goal difference if, um, if providing Bells beat Rangers and with Rangers um, obviously weakened by have not having their juniors in the squad, you'd imagine Bells fancy their chances of winning that one, but it might have to be um, by a considerable distance depending on what happens the night before. Uh, vale Rep will be sort of favourites to progress along with Rovers from, from Group B, but they're not mathematically through yet. Again, those two sides actually face each other on the, on the last weekend of group games. Um, Sylvans can still catch Wreck if Wreck were to lose and Sylvans were to beat North. Um, but again, that's um, Sylvans are one of the other sides who are quite strongly affected by the under-18s being involved in this competition. So you'd imagine Wreck would be pretty strong favourites to progress from that group. Um, but yeah, there's, there's still a bit to play for going into the last weekend. Yeah, plenty of coverage to come on that, of course, in the paper uh, over the next week or so. Um, and then it's back to league action. Is that, I, mean, I can't believe it's the 22nd of January already. It does seem like sort of this month has disappeared, but quite a good effort in a way. We spoke about it at the start that, uh, you know, the games obviously this season moved away from the KG5 largely, but to actually get them on and get a couple of weekends of, uh, of Stranger Cup football has been a pretty good result uh, for, the, uh, for the powers that be. Let's leave the senior football there. Uh, touch on what you did you want to say the weather has improved but it certainly didn't bless you did it on uh, Wednesday was it Wednesday or Thursday so it was last Wednesday yeah. the Channel Island primary schools uh, competition four teams from Jersey four teams from Guernsey it's always a great event and uh, a late appeal came out on Tuesday evening for some referees for the tournament so mm. I thought I like that event I, you know, I've been privileged to watch it with my kids involved and things so um, 
I thought, you know, I'll go and help out. I wish I'd checked the weather forecast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because I spent uh, three, yeah, three hours uh, down there <laughs> pouring rain throughout, uh, soaked to the skin, freezing cold, uh, went back home and had a uh, shower that lasted about 20 minutes before <laughs> I uh, kind of re- recovered enough to uh, to come into work in the afternoon. But a uh, great little tournament. I mean, dominated yet again by the Jersey teams, to be fair. I mean, they're the makeup of the squads is just markedly different you know in the jersey squads effectively almost every player is a player while in the guernsey squads yeah that's not the case uh, at all and i thought the guernsey teams did reasonably well i mean uh, Cattell's school made the semi-finals but only just on goal difference and they were only edged out one nil by victoria prep who went on to win it but in my eyes um i refereed more of the jersey teams than the guernsey teams actually and I thought the team that were best on the day really was the St. Clement team um, uh, who lost 1-0 to Victoria in the, in the final. Um, St. Clement had defenders who were quite happy to kind of jink their way past a man and move the ball on, look very comfortable on the ball. Uh, they were real standout stars. I mean, there was one lad playing for St. Michael's Prep who was clearly a standout individual where the team weren't quite up to to his standards. But, um, you know, you can see Victoria, you know, a well used to winning this tournament, but... Uh, you know, on the seven aside at the KG5, if ever I see a goalkeeper just picking it up, racing to the edge of his box and punting it as long as he can down the field, it's always a bit kind of, oh, is this really, <laughs> is this the best we can do, you know? <laughs> so, you know, not much uh, playing out from the back credo there. But, um, and Prep no, have gone on to win the national competition. They have done, yeah. Days, I mean, obviously yeah. they must have had some, some good players. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say that this is going to be a vintage year for them, but, you know, at the end of the day, you've got to beat what's in front of you and they did that, so uh, fair play. Is that just weight of numbers do you think for for those schools in Jersey? Uh, it's got to be a factor, but of course, yeah, you know, you're going to have more more schools in Jersey. But I mean, yeah, the the qualifiers for for Guernsey got to say something of a surprise when you think normally, yeah, you know, it's been dominated by the bigger schools and Beechwood, um, you know, Beechwood, Cassell, St Martins, Hope Capels, Vale. Those tend to be the schools that that, that get through. Uh, this year we had Notre Dame and Blanchland as well uh, making their first appearance in it, um, uh, and I think certainly Vale and Blanchard had girls in their team as well. So, you know, that's that's a a positive. I mean, I think, um, you know, everybody kind of enjoyed it despite the weather, but I did feel a bit for the the teachers. I mean, it it must be the worst case scenario of... uh, Get your kids out nice and wet for 15 minutes, then take them off, try and put them somewhere <laughs> where they can't warm up or get dry, and then they're rolled out again in 20 minutes' time. You can't you know? go and sit at the bar either. But... <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I can't try to remember whether I actually have, I played in that competition. I don't think we, if we did play in it when I was at primary school, we certainly didn't qualify Pre- for the final. I was going to say, perhaps you didn't get through to the CI bit. I, I certainly played in it. I, the only time I ever took a competitive penalty was in a shootout during the, the Guernsey Junior Schools Championship, which was at Capels in my days at Mar de Cartre, um Primary. Uh, my penalty was saved and I was I was almost on the verge of tears, but we actually won the shootout, so I managed to overcome that one. Um <laughs> We certainly didn't win our Guernsey championship, but we did finish the top Guernsey team uh, when the the CI came around, and that was at uh, FB Fields in Jersey. So um, that's always a bit of a claim to fame when you finish the top Guernsey side. But I think that was the same in that year that um, it was an all Jersey final. So um, yeah, but it was uh, it was good memories from from childhood. That yeah, yeah, I remember because I was a keeper at primary school, and I couldn't. I probably mentioned this on the pub before, but I I could not get my goal kicks beyond the box basically every you know all of the opposition and my team would line up on the edge of the area <laughs> and I, I you know it would be a miracle if i could get it through the line anyway 
we played we played a visiting team at school and we were about five or six nil up it, it, you know we were winning comfortably and we won a penalty and i was called up to take the penalty from goal and i placed it over the bar like, <laughs> oh that's one good thing i did was actually hit the target my penalty. i didn't want to miss the target but it was, it was very well saved it's funny looking back at the team i can't remember that everyone in my team but at least two of them went on to play for the island but not in football uh, in the Stu Bisson, who's obviously did play Prio for Valrec, who's uh, Jody's brother, who went on to play island cricket. And uh, Jim Rowe was up front, who was one of the basketball uh, guys for many years um, in the island squad there. So, um, yeah, it was quite a good uh, sporting pedigree in our in our team, just not that many footballers. Um, oh, John Stead was actually in central midfield for us as well. He was a good player. Did he play up, up top for Huddersfield? Uh, not that Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um- Quick mention of just what we watched on TV yesterday because I, I was quite excited to see. Well, in fact, it was great opening up um, Twitter uh, yesterday afternoon to see Man United women and Bournemouth both using our players to promote the match. I'm glad you're on the ball there, Tony, to retweet under the Guernsey Press Sports um, at Twitter feed because I was watching the golf at the time. <laughs> uh, not not a day uh, really to, to remember for, for either Mayor Letitia or Alex Scott in the end. Um, but yeah, I mean, two pretty tough contests. Um, oh yeah, two two. Uh, tough teams to come up against uh, you know, on their day. Yeah, well, uh, Mayo was up against her England teammate, obviously Lauren James, who scored a hat-trick for Chelsea. And she's got an amazing record, Lauren James, at Stamford Bridge. The game was played sort of on, on the main Chelsea pitch at Stamford Bridge. And I think she, that's the second time she scored a hat-trick in a row there. Um, and she was in pretty awesome form. And I don't think any defender in the world would fancy facing Lauren James in that sort of... Uh, form um and then yeah it was a bit disappointing to see the Bournemouth starting side come out and Alex Scott not being in it um he did come off the bench with about I don't know 20 minutes ago or so something like that but he didn't really have the chance to get involved in that game I mean Liverpool were just far sharper than Bournemouth second half and he, he had a lot of difficulty even getting on the ball so um yeah that one I think you can chalk that one down to experience and move on really yeah he did have one shot on goal didn't he which um he, he put I think still was... going yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did hope that was going to find the, the top corner but not quite um right well let's leave it there um we've got a bit of midweek football as we said um Bells North on Tuesday night um so look out for that one and GFC back at home on Wednesday against Reigns Park Vale so we'll have coverage in the paper of that one I wonder what that game will throw up <laughs> <laughs> So look out for coverage in the paper of that one. I'm sure we'll be down there in force. Thanks to Rio and Son, uh, as ever, for their support of the show. Um, thanks to you guys, and we'll see you next Monday. We'll do it.